to um, swapping joysticks. It is September the 22nd, 2022. I'm your host, Biggest Ben Essel, otherwise known as Ben Ostwick uh, to the government. And I am joined, as always, he's really, really far away. Either that or he's very small. It's Ed Nightingale. Evening. Evening all. <laughs> Evening. I just thought I'd sit a little bit further back, so I'm not quite as close to the screen. Save yeah, my eyes. Save your eyes. All right. You can peer over your little half moon specs, <laughs> Gandalf. Uh, oh, well, um, yeah, welcome. This is Swapping Joy 6, your home of LGBTQIA content uh, when it comes to gaming and other medium as well. Um, but yeah, welcome. Ed, how are you feeling? Because you I'm look right. pretty ill. How are you? Wow. Thanks. That's no, nice of you. Sorry, I meant to say you look sick, mate. Don't don't try that, please. No. Please don't do that. Um yeah, no, I'm alright. It's um it's a nice short week for me. Mm. Um we had an extra um an extra day off on Monday for the Queen. Mm-hmm. And then I took a day off on Tuesday where I sat and played video games all day. Oh, um man. So uh, I've got a three-day week. How and is tomorrow? Queen? Tomorrow I'm going to EGX. So oh. basically, I've only really done two, two days of work this week. So what's uh, new? That's nice. What's new? Wow. How was um, how was the Queen? Um, she was quiet. Yeah. Um, she didn't really talk very much. Um, <laughs> but I did get a little a little glimpse of her. Yeah. While she was uh, while she was leaving. She was leaving. Yeah, she was leaving this uh, model coil. We um yeah we went to High Park Con. I guess Ed is a massive royalist, uh, so we had to go. <laughs> Definitely not. <laughs> we camped out from Saturday afternoon, with little sleeping wow. bags and our camping ch- chairs. No, we went there with you know I never went to see I never went to part of the queue, which by the way has its own Wikipedia page and it's just called the queue and it like wow. has many sections and stuff to it. Just I was looking at it yesterday, being like, oh yeah, <laughs> it's literally called the queue. Apparently so, they think about 750,000 people went past while it was lying in state. The Queen's father, when he was lying in state, he actually also had a really, really long queue um, that nearly 400,000 people went past. And that was obviously when the population was a lot smaller as well. So That's true. It's a tradition we like, and we shall keep it. We do love our traditions. Mm. Um, But we didn't do the queue, yeah. I'm a bit worried um, at EGX because... uh, So I'm going tomorrow, then we're going on Saturday. And the biggest game there is Sonic Frontiers. Hmm. And there is a massive queue for Sonic Frontiers. And my colleagues were telling me that I should pull a Holly and Philip Schofield and and cut to the front and just be like, you're a journalist. And I'm like, no, I feel really bad doing that. No, I mean, they didn't. And they were were filming. So I think you should do the same. Be like, no, I'm filming. No, I feel really bad for that. But like, instead of... Yeah, but you get to queue for quite a long... T- yeah, you get to queue for quite a long time, and instead of just seeing a wooden box with a flag on it, you get to play Sonic Frontiers. Well, I know. It's it's a worthwhile queue, but I I don't want to be that arsehole that jumps jumps the queue and is like, don't you know who I am? With a, you know, press wristband. Well, doesn't the E in EGX stand for Eurogamer? Sadly not. Oh. Is it not? I actually don't know what EGX stands for. <laughs> Entertainment, games... XX Expo. Expo. I don't know. I have no idea. Maybe. 
But yeah, we we went um, well because we hadn't done any of that with the Queen, or with, you know, in the queue. We decided to go a little. We decided to go into town uh, on the day of the funeral and see if we could uh, have a look. Um, and we got there around about uh, nine o'clock, ten o'clock. You no, know, it's it's probably about quarter past twenty past nine, I think. Yeah, and we got there. And we just got to Hyde Park Corner, and there were people queuing, and there was a barrier. So we're like, mm, "There's a barrier here. That means she's probably going to go past here." So we just stood there for. Four hours? Four hours until she did a drive-by for five seconds. Yeah. It was definitely worth it. Definitely worth it. Um, but yeah, it was that was quite a fun experience just being around. We had, there was like a loudspeaker nearby that was broadcasting the uh, the BBC. Um, but obviously you couldn't see what was happening. Luckily, I had a really, I had really bad reception on my phone. So I had YouTube up and I was watching it and uh, kind of like a, about a five minute delay because it just kept like stuttering and taking forever. Um, but yeah, it was quite interesting because when the because you could tell that it was going to come past us because it was just after they transferred it from the gun carriage to the hearse, so we knew it was coming back like coming by quite soon. Then all of a sudden, like the sound from the BBC feed just cut off, and everyone's like, "Oh, oh, here it comes!" And then it's phones out. Yeah, everyone's there, basically watching it on their phones, just trying to take a picture. Filming but, it mm. for whatever else. I mean, the the I, group of women next to us were filming literally everything. Yeah, like the entire thing. And I'm like, you're not gonna. Wa- I mean, maybe you will watch this back, but why? Just mm. no. I filmed it mainly because I couldn't actually see it. Uh, I saw a little bits of it, but there was just so many phones in front of me. I'm like, well, I'm really tall. I'll put my hand up, and I got a really good clip of it. Um, but I did watch, I showed a couple of people, I was like, look, that's how, look how close we were. See, I kind of held my camera up and kind of was watching underneath. Yeah, same. Kind of went like that without really looking. And then looked and was like, oh, did I get it? And I was like, oh, I did. Yeah, you got, <laughs> got a good a picture. picture. Nice. Yeah, you got a good one. <laughs> yeah, no, I, I, I made sure I'd like, I had it filming, but I, was, I wanted to see it to my own eyes because I never actually saw the Queen when she was alive. So I was like, you know what, I will look at her box. You've now seen wrong. her with your own eyes. I've seen the Queen's box. Okay. <laughs> but I... Turned around. So, but then as we were leaving, we turned around, tried to escape through the way that we came in. And they're like, no, you can't. It's closed. I'm like, what? I'm like, no, no, it's closed. Um, and just as we were standing there, like <laughs> with some trees around us, right in front of us, um, like the king, King Charles went past with Camilla and William and Kate and all the other and royals. You got very excited, didn't you? Well, I was like, oh, look. I was like, I recognize them. I don't, you hadn't seen them. <laughs> You didn't even I recognised them from the TV. Ed was with his glasses, like, oh, oh no, I didn't quite see. I'm wearing them. my glasses, thank you. <laughs> That's why you couldn't see them. You had no idea who they were. I was, I was more concerned about the fact that my back was killing me. I was knackered from waking up early. I was desperately hungry and needed sustenance, and I just wanted to get home. And then we got kettled, didn't we? Well, yeah, they, um, the police wouldn't let us cross the roads, and then they close the park behind us so we were stuck for about 45 minutes with no phone signal as well because there are so many people yeah um, and it was a tiny the world's shortest street i don't know how many meters you know 20 meters long it was wider than it was long and yeah the gates behind us to the park were locked and the road was completely shut off so it was like well where are we going can we go anywhere like no <sighs> Kettled. All no, in all, kettled. we call it kettled. It was a great morning. Oh, in America, is it called kettled? We call it kettled. Kettled is when, but no, kettled is when the police make a kind of 
go around you. No, it is genuinely called kettled, isn't it? Kettling. It genuinely is called that. I'm just smiling and nodding. No idea, do you? But yeah, no, that no. was uh, well, that was an experience. Mm. Um, but yeah, I think that was the only thing we really did uh, the last week. No, no. Oh, there was something else much more interesting than seeing the Queen. Hmm. We went to the theatre, Ben. We did. We went to the theatre. And what did we see, Ben? You can say it because my housemate has just come back and he's standing outside. Oh, okay. Um, that's that's odd. Uh, we went to the theatre to see a musical called Dear Evan Hansen. And I just got an um, email saying... Have you? Um... We hope you enjoyed, dear Evan Hansen. Is it time for another show? And they want to know my what I thought of it. Leave a review, but I won't leave a review. We will. We are going to review it here, so you can uh, just you send can them in- a link to this podcast. I will do. Yes. So, well, I so we went to see. I think you should go first because I'm going to just rant. Okay. Well, we we went there. Um, I bought tickets, so if I didn't like it, then. I'm going to be very upset. Um, but I bought the tickets. I was I had absolutely no idea what it was about. I just knew it was some American show and it was coming to an end in like a few weeks. Um, so I was like, okay, I'll get tickets because they were quite cheap. Um, we weren't up in the gods with like the the row below um, or the area. Balcony. The, the bal- no, we, the balcony was the top. We were the royal circle. Cer- royal circle. Royal circle. We, uh, speaking of the Queen's box. Uh, we were the, we were there and we, so we had like a decent view um but it wasn't too expensive but yeah no i went in completely not knowing anything about it i was convinced that it was a coming out story um and like evan hansen was his secret crush or something that he was writing letters to um but yeah i had no You're idea you're thinking of it, love simon <laughs> that was the one i was trying to think yes is that what it is is that the coming out? Love one? Simon. Yes, that's definitely coming out. Ah, yes. No, I thought it was that. By the way, we'll, if anybody's we'll wants that, yeah. If anybody's wanting to know anything about, dear, if anybody's want like planning on watching the movie, which apparently don't because it's terrible, um, or going to the theater to see it, which you can't in the US, but you can in the UK for the next few weeks. We will be talking lots of spoilers. So, if you're listening to this on the podcast or on YouTube. Check out the description and you can uh, find out where to fast forward to when we go on to the next bit. Because I've started doing that because I'm, uh, you know, I care about you're, our audience. You're techie. Yeah, I can type numbers and things. But yeah, so we're we're going to be talking a lot of the plot of uh, Dear Evan Hansen. Well, I probably won't say too much about it, but... Oh, I think we will. I think we should talk about the story. Then, then you go for it, man. Well... I quite, I'm very easily pleased um, when it comes to musicals. You know, there's very few I don't like. I'm trying to think of which ones. Well, I... how many have you seen then? Well, I have seen. Does it include the ones I've seen on Netflix? No. Okay. How many How many have you seen in the theatre? Well, so I've seen Phantom of the Opera, um, Les Mis, um, Madame Butterfly, um that's an opera, not a musical. It's literally the same thing. It's um, literally not. <laughs> Wicked, Frozen, This, Love Simon, which isn't called Love Simon. It's called um, Dear, Dear Evan Hansen. Hansen. Um, I feel like I've seen another. Wow, so many. 
<laughs> Isn't it the same? Have I seen another? Have we seen another? Cock wasn't a musical, but it was a play. It was a play. It wasn't a theatre, but it was a play. Yes. Apparently, yeah. I'm not sure. Yeah, Ye Old Musical is the opera. It's not. It's just, um, it's a musical for people up their own ass. Oh, oh my God. My dissertation was literally about this. About about it being... About how musical theatre is a descendant of opera and how opera influenced it. The but they thing. are different genres. <laughs> it's like saying a thriller and a true I'm crime. Not, I am not getting into this debate with you. Because, <laughs> you know, I'm just winding you up. Um, but yeah, out of those... And, and I enjoyed all of them. Do you know what my least favourite is out of all of those? Not including uh, Dear Evan Hansen. Probably Wicked. Oh, the one I paid for us to go and see. Yeah, yeah. This is the wow. one I told you about. This. I enjoyed the songs and I enjoyed the performance. But it was it's the bits like between the songs. I hate them kind of singing everything. It's like really kind of just musical theatre, high school musical kind of annoying. dialogue. Yeah, just like speak. Okay, that's called dialogue. And you know what? Opera doesn't have dialogue. Yeah, but they that's can, why they're different. But they've got like decent songs. I don't know. Wicked was just kind of musical theatre. I felt, you know, Glee. I think Wicked is just like the stage version of Glee. I did like the songs. Literally nothing like that. It's just I just I cannot with you. Um <laughs> Yeah, it's just like her oh yeah, no, it it I liked it and I like that song where she sings and climbs up in the air and all that stuff. That was a good one. But um, She flies, she doesn't climb. <laughs> She's defying gravity. It's literally in the song title. Oh. It, yeah. I mean, I, I enjoyed it. Like, I would have given it four stars out of five. You know, it was good. I told you I'm easily pleased. That's very positive. Yeah, exactly. I'm just saying it's the least favourite out of the others. Phantom of the Opera, I could watch every night for like a month. Same with Les Mis. Those two are just incredible. Frozen was absolutely fantastic as well. Way better than I was expecting. Um, what was the other one I saw? I don't know. We should talk about Dear Evan Hansen. Yeah. Not your limited historical knowledge of musicals. I saw um, <laughs> I saw Madam Butterfly, um, but I didn't understand what was saying, what was happening in it. Do didn't you understand know? it because it's in foreign. It was in foreign, but you know how they have the subtitles? I'm pretty sure it was in Italian. Yeah. Do you know how they have the, the subtitles above? They're called Sir titles, but yes. Yeah. Um, it was in Welsh. So I had absolutely no idea what was going on. I understood. So you, saw, so you saw the Welsh National Opera? Yeah. Doing okay. it, doing something in Italian. So I, I understood it more Italian than uh, than Welsh. Uh, but yeah, no, I'm just... Yeah, Wicked was... Yeah, just kind of like uh, annoying. Right, can you stop talking about that? And talk about Dear Evan Hansen, please. Will you tell us about Dear Evan Hansen? What's the story? You're the person that's got the, you know, degree in theatre studies. You tell us. Music, thank you. Theatre studies. Um, How dare you? 
How very day. It's the same get thing. Degree, music. Get my musicals. degree right. Um, <laughs> well, like you, I also went into Dear Evan Hansen pretty blind, um, story-wise. I have heard a fair amount of the music, although I hadn't listened to the soundtrack fully. Um, but um, I didn't know anything about the story. And I... Out of context, I like the songs. Yes. In the context, in the context of the musical and knowing the story now, I hate them, <laughs> and I hate the story. Um, I I appreciate the themes that this musical is going for. It is very heavy on mental health um, and forgiving people and supporting people um, with mental health difficulties. Um, there is a lot about family and found family and about generational differences and about sort of social media and the power of that. Um, all of that I am totally down for as themes. I think they're very important themes. I think they make a lot of sense in a modern musical. They do not make sense in this specific story, which to spoil it, essentially Evan Hansen um, opens the show, well, not opens, but his first song is Waving Through a Window. That's why my, by the way, exclamation mark, going live. Check out my going live tweet. Did you get it? I didn't even. Didn't even see that. my gif. What is it? Oh, I see what you did there. <laughs> oh, well, that was very clever. <laughs> um, Thank you. So it's it's very much him, like he's an outsider, he's looking in, he's waving through a window. Um, you know, he's he's this guy with sort of social anxiety issues and um he's always he's an outsider and you really feel for him. Um the rest of the show is essentially him lying to everybody about around him about a guy who committed suicide. Because yeah. apparently that is an is a good thing to do. Um, and he gets drawn into all of these lies that are completely unbelievable. I did not believe a word or a beat of this story um, until at the very end, basically, he gets forgiven by the family that he is completely duped. When what should have happened is that he should be in jail for fraud. Like, he's an asshole and he should not be forgiven. And I do not believe this. And what irritates me is that all these songs, like the the big songs about, um, oh, I've forgotten the bloody name of the song now. The big one that... Um, the the one that I actually really like and now I've heard it in context. And I want to hear a version without the speaking in it because the speaking just makes me remember how much I hated the... Um, you will be found. There we go. You will be found, yeah. It's, it's, you know, it's, you'll be found, don't worry. Like, if you're having a bad time, if you're having, like, you know, ment if your mental health isn't great, don't worry, just reach out. People will be there for you. People will support you. Lovely message. But he is lying through his teeth when he sings that. Mm. But that that and it's performance awful. as well. So that performance, the, the song is pretty long. Uh, like if if like here on the original cast recording, not the soundtrack, it's six minutes. But like maybe three minutes of that is the song, and in between there are bits of it, which I'm sure it has a word that you know it. What it is? Is it uh, you know dialogue? Dialogue. Okay. Between the songs, where it's kind of in the tune, but it's like, oh my god, we've look how many uh, followers you've got. You've got four thousand, no sixteen thousand, and all the little bits that are in the 
in the middle of the song, like all the spoken bits in the middle of the song, that's part of the of this lie being like, oh my God, look how popular it's getting from this person lying about somebody who died. So he, what he does is the story is that he has no friends and this other guy is a bit of a bully, um, but doesn't have any friends either. And he's, yeah, he ends up killing himself. And then Evan Hansen, has, um, yeah, he his parents, so the parents of the person who uh, died, somehow think that Evan is a friend or was a friend of his. And he's like, yeah, 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 we were best friends. And this lie just goes on throughout the play, only until like the last 20 minutes or so, or even less than that, does it actually come out that, no, he was lying all along. And yeah, the, you're right, the the lies just don't seem believable. And it's, you know, when you watch something and it's like a really cringy sitcom or something and somebody lies and they get really into, you know, like something for like Parks and Rec, where Leslie Nope will lie and then just the lie will get more and more absurd and it will be, it'll end up actually being hilarious and it's a comedy. That I can deal with. But this is just, it gets so far down, so, so deep into the rabbit hole that it just doesn't make sense anymore. And I just found it really like unbelievable. And the amount of times I like looked at you and was like, just, and just like put my hands, I could just like close my eyes at points because it was just so awkward to watch. I'm sure there's a message in there about grief and about people grieving differently and being susceptible to this sort of stuff when they're grieving. But that also just makes his manipulation all the worse. Yeah. And it's the fact that you listen to these songs that are all sort of, positive message about mental health and supporting each other and then it's just this really really dark story about a guy lying about someone who's committed suicide and it's awful and i also just it it comes across as so like saccharine and preachy in a way that really irritated me again you will be found it's like they know that this is the big this is the big number of the show. This is the showstopper. This is the one everyone's going to know. Everyone's going to go out singing. And in the context of the story, it's also a moment that goes viral. So, you know, it's him singing the speech that goes viral in the context of of, of the show. And it's like, they know that. They're like, oh, we're going to make this amazing song. And then it's going to go viral in the play. And it's going to go viral in real life. And aren't we amazing? And I'm like, pipe the fuck down. I have no time for this knowing preachiness. It's so irritating to me. Yeah. And that, I mean, that song was really good. And the song I enjoy. The... But like, be have some subtlety to it. Yeah. Wave Me Through the Window, that song. There was another couple of songs that I went back, listened to the cast recording of, and was like, that was fantastic. Because for me, like, when it comes to a musical, like, you know, I'm, I haven't, you know, studied it. I just go there and I enjoy it. And it's the three things I base it on are the story the performance, and then the actual songs. In that, the songs were fantastic. The story was atrocious. I thought it was terrible. And then let's go into the performance because I, I, <laughs> we, I looked at you a few times and been like, that was awful. Like it was really badly sung by so many of the people in the cast as well. My face through 90% of it was like, <laughs> like, I don't think a single person that cast sang a tune. They were all out of tune, every single one of them. And partly I'm like, I, I feel like it's partly the writing, which I could get very technical about, but I'll probably bore you. No, do it. Get technical. Um, Some people like technical things. You were talking well, about sixths and sevenths and things like that. Sevenths. Sevenths. So, so 
my only criticism with the music is that a lot of the melodies are quite samey. You can sing, by and... the way, but it is allowed if you want to, you know, if you want to, you know, explain sure. like you were doing through down Oxford streets uh, with your housemate. <laughs> <laughs> um, like a lot of the melodies are quite similar, but they have this real love, the composers for sevenths, which is the seventh note in the scale. And essentially it gives you that sort of yearning feeling because when you hear a seventh, it's sort of dissonant and it has to resolve upwards. And that gives you that sort of um, waving through a window. It's the waving. It's that note which sort of yearns upwards. And that's what gives you that sort of emotive quality. But there are so many of those throughout that A, it sort of loses that. And B, you have to really hit those notes, which I definitely didn't do. You have to hit them pitch perfectly for them to be in tune to work. And if you just slightly go under it, it immediately sounds really flat. And I feel like there's so much of that in the writing that the singing has to be exactly on it and the singers were not on it at all um and the worst person for that was the guy playing evan hansen and i do not understand why but that kid a kid he's like 22 he won an olivier award for his performance and i do not understand how because i did not like his singing or his characterization of this tall. He played Evan as this kind of really fidgety, awkward person, which worked, but I feel like the physicality completely overtook the 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 voice, whether it be speaking the dialogue or singing. He just was mumbling. He wasn't enunciating at all. He was rushing through all the lines. So I literally could barely hear what he was saying. And the way that he was singing that um, was... Like, it's this weird, like, speech song thing where it's kind of sort of replicating speech, but sort of going really quick. Commit the frog. The way that they sing. Yeah, it just just didn't work for me. I'm like, give me a melody and sing through it and sing through the phrase because the composers have written a melody and that's what I want to hear. I don't want this weird sort of stop-starty broken thing. Um, And it just... It really irritated me. I also feel like he was very much trying to do a Ben Platt impression. And having now gone back and listened to the cast recording of Ben Platt, he kind of does a lot of that, which I'm not a massive fan of. Um, but this actor was very much just just copying Ben Platt. And I was just really, really not a fan of, oh, of the actor. Sarah's on our side. Yeah. Um, so Sarah says, like, the actor playing Evan makes or breaks the show. And I say this, I haven't seen diff- six different actors. I, when I was waiting for the bus to go home afterwards, I'd say goodbye to you. So I put my headphones in and I listened to the cast recording and I was like, oh, yeah, this is what it should sound like. And there were quite a lot of songs. I'm like, oh, the, this is actually, I love this song. And like, for example, Waving Through the Window, that's the only song that I knew really well um, going in. And then when he was singing it, I'm like, oh, this is not as good as... The, you know what I'm used to listening to the cast recording but then I had the opposite effect when I listened to the cast recording when I was home because all the songs that I'd heard them performing during the night I was like oh so this is what it sounds like when it's in June and when it's really well done but yeah that's the thing I think I would have enjoyed it a lot more hmm. had I enjoyed the singing more and appreciate the cast more but it wasn't just him like the rest of the cast were really off the dad was um, terrible i mean like that was I, bad the mum had a really um the the i can't remember the, the character's names but the dead guy's mum 
uh, had it's, a really um, bad voice. It's the quite... Connor. Connor's mum, Gus. It's the Connor, Connor. project. There you go. There you go. Uh, Connor's mum was bad. Evan's mum, I actually quite liked, but I also felt like she was just trying to do an Alanis Morissette impression. Like she was singing it like the, some country singer knockoff, um, which was just a bit strange. Um, I I feel like I really like the songs individually. I'd like I say I don't like them in the context of the show because I feel like it. There's this weird disingenuousness about it, um, but. If I think if I hear those songs sung by good singers out of context, I'd be like, yep, I'm really down with this. And I really like those songs. I think Waving Through the Window, Waving Through A Window is is brilliant. I think that is the best song in it because it's mm-hmm. it feels the most honest from Evan at the start of like him actually singing about himself as opposed to putting on an act. Um, I also really liked um, Requiem. Yes, um, which is the one that the Connor's family sing when they're mourning him, and it starts with his sister, and it's this really raw sort of emotion of this of this song of I feel like I should be mourning for my dead brother, but actually I didn't like him very much. I mm. thought he was an asshole, so I don't really want to mourn him, but I feel like I should. Um, and I actually had a tear in my eye during that song and had a little moment. And I was like, oh, this is actually really emotional. Although that was also just because I really liked the guitar part at the beginning. Um, I had a tear so... in my eye t- with when they were singing To Break In A Glove for other reasons. Um, but I also really liked Sincerely Me. That was quite... Uh, it, when it sung well, that's quite remember, a good song. I don't remember that one. That's the one where it's like, oh, uh, you're going to smoke drugs. The bit where it's like, no, it's when they're um, when they're trying to come up with something. Because, yeah, another bit in there, they fake a dead guy's emails and then they keep faking his emails. Then at one point, they're like, they decide to, to try and raise money for this fundraiser for a park or for an orchard. They're like, oh, yeah, let's go and post uh, the guy's fake suicide note. And I'm like, so, sorry, what? <laughs> You're faking? Yeah, they're like, the people need to know this. I'm like, nobody needs to know this. This needs to end. Yeah. Um, and you meant you said at the start that it was you thought it was like a coming out story and it wasn't. But then there's a whole bit where they're like, "Oh, people are going to think that you're gay if you're best mates," and they have this whole song about not being gay. And I'm like, "Why is this appropriate? No, <laughs> like, yeah. this is bad." Um, and like I say, there I go, like the songs. I also really like, I really like the the staging as well. Like it's really simple, but the the letters. That, that they're faking are sort of projected over the stage. It's like they're always there, um, you know, overbearing everything. Um, like, I think there are some really good ideas in there, but I just feel, and some lovely themes, some really important themes, but the core of that story just does not carry the show I was looking at, at all. I was looking at some of the criticism of it, and yeah, one of them was obviously that he's just suddenly forg- forgiven, and it's fine, and that was it. Yeah. Um, and then, he should be in prison. And the other one that he... <laughs> Yeah, he obviously suffers from uh, mental health issues, but they never actually name it or never actually say it, say what it is. So it's kind of just like a kind of quiet and kept away and hushed. It's never actually brought up and mentioned what it is that he has. So it's like, yeah, you're trying to draw attention to this, but then also you're just kind of ignoring it and using it as just a, a bit of a prop. And also Connor, who, uh, the the boy who commits suicide, you never find out why. You never yeah. find out what's going on with him. And actually, he's the character I want to know about. Like he he dies very early on in the in the show, and I'm like, I want to know what happened to him. I want to know what was going through his mind. And that's where I thought we were going in terms of like mental health issues. Was like 
this kid obviously had issues that caused him to to commit suicide um like we should explore that and explore why and and talk about that and that's not part of the show and that mm. is such a missed opportunity it's just it could have been a much better it could have been a much better like feel good movie if it was for example is yeah that guy had died and then he threw this for some reason because uh the guy who died connor had got a had stolen a letter from evan if he then got close to his sister and got friends then maybe he discovered and found out more about connor through getting to know his sister or something like that it just for the majority of the show i was cringing at this guy just lying and lying and lying and coming out with these more and more unbelievable lies it yeah i did not enjoy it and i don't mind um i don't like i said when i look when i'm watching a play i think you know the songs the performance and the story it those three in that order really as well um and like something like phantom of the opera the songs for me are just incredible 10 out of 10 the performance every time i've seen it not really on broadway um it felt a bit old and i think it shut down actually just recently um i mean they're 10 out of 10 when i've seen it and the story i mean the story of phantom of the opera is a five out of ten it's me it's just weird <laughs> it's ridiculous it is ridiculous you can you just go along with it though because the songs and the performances are so good whereas this just if the performances were absolutely stellar and it sounded just like it did on the cast recording and it was all sung perfectly i could have maybe forgiven a bit of the story because it but it was the story was just insulting. Yep. Um, let's see. The It took them six years to take out a line about love your hair. Very school shooter chic. Oh, my God. Jesus. Yeah. Um, just, um, Helis, so much of it was misjudged. Helly says, doesn't the show address Evan's depression at the end? Well, it's just like, oh, I've actually realized that I can I can be me. And now I'm happy. Like, I didn't understand how all... He just... He then told them, yeah, that this suicide note wasn't connor's it was actually his letter to his therapist um and then yeah everybody was like angry at him and then all of a sudden like a year passed or whatever it was and he was in an orchard and he met the girl again and was like oh yeah i'm feeling better now because i'm you know i'm realizing i can just be me and i'm like oh oh okay all right <laughs> you fix your depression by realizing you can be you right i think the songs should be taken out of that show and just performed as a review because I think when it's sung by the right person, those songs could be brilliant. And actually, like my housemate and I were chatting that they, uh, the writers did a show before this called Edges um, that was kind of like a review show. So it's just a series of songs. Mm. Um, and I almost feel like they're obviously good songwriters, but they haven't quite worked out how to put that into a story that works. And Dear Evan Hansen did not work for me at all. And Edges it lives and breathes on its songs because that's all it is it's a series of songs but um when the songs are good that, that you don't need the story and by the way if you um if you would like to experience it uh, but without any of the music or any of the performances uh, there's a book and they made a book after the play and i can't imagine anybody wanting to read that but sure yeah i kind of want to watch the film because i want to compare it but i also have heard such bad things about it that i feel like i will hate it all over again yeah have Trixie and Katya looked at it? Because I feel like that would be a perfect... <laughs> that would be good. Because I'm being like, wait, what? <laughs> but one of my favourite tweets, I uh, I looked last night because I was like, I wonder if other people have found it a little bit, you know, odd. Uh, let me find my... Uh, yeah, somebody had just recently seen it and gone in completely blind just like us. Um, and they said... 
Uh, oh God, where is it? Um, oh, wait, you, you, you can talk while I find this because it's great. Well, Helios, excuse me, has just said that um, they posted a video about the movie in stream chat. So um, I'm guessing it's a nice little summary. So we can uh, we can watch that later, maybe. And uh, yeah, uh, the composers also wrote Greatest Showman and La La Land, both films with very semi songs and a forgettable plot. I mean, yeah, The Greatest Showman is incredibly overrated. Oh, it's yeah. got a couple of decent songs in it, but the story is also appalling. And La La Land is also terrible. La La Land is absolutely fantastic. I love it. Um, Silly upstairs. Awful. But I mean, so for La La Land, for me, it ticks two of the three boxes because I enjoyed the story. It was quite depressing and it had a realistic ending. Um, And I also liked the songs in it, whereas the performance was, yeah, a bit shaky. Um, When it comes to, yeah, Greatest Showman, I thought the songs were great. The performance was pretty bad and the story was awful. Same with like Mamma Mia. The performance was terrible. I mean, my God, Piers Brosnan cannot sing. Um, and the songs were great, but the story was terrible. So you've got for me, you've got to get two out of three for me to actually enjoy <laughs> to enjoy it. I am determined to take you to a Sondheim show where you will have all three of those things. Is that um, pantomime? I don't know why I bother sometimes. I is really it, don't. Is the Nutcracker Sondheim? Oh, is the um, the windmill one? The Agatha Christie, the really old one. Do you mean the Do you mean the mouse trap? Oh yeah, no, <laughs> not the windmill. No, that's not even a musical. Is it not? Oh my god. Oh god. <sighs> Mamma Mia is awful, and I saw Mamma Mia. I actually saw Mamma Mia in the theater, in the theater, as Ed would say. And the performance was fantastic. The songs were fantastic. The story was still crap. And I enjoyed it because it got two out of three. You need two out of three to make it good. Um, I found the tweet, by the way, from Reese, who says, Okay, maybe this is my fault for going into this show completely blind. Maybe I'm the only person on the, on Earth who did not already know the plot of Dear Evan Hansen. But what the actual fuck am I watching? <laughs> oh, yeah. and this was, I, I just showed up to the closing of Dear Evan Hansen without a fucking clue. Um, and mum was like, bring tissues, you're going to cry. I can only sit in stunned silent at this absolute mess of a plot. <laughs> and there's a 10 out of 10 recommend pulling into the closing of a show without a fucking clue about anything in it. <laughs> um, my standard, by the way, yeah, one of my favourite musicals is Hairspray. Freaking love it. Do you like Hairspray? I do like Hairspray, but it's, that's, you don't, that's the you kind of musical. you too much, haven't you? No, oh. well, the um, you can't stop the beat was like a warm up song, oh. um, but um, it's the kind of musical that either theatre kids who are like twelve love, how dare you, or like or like old women love. I took my mum to see it. I took my mum to see it, and in the queue, my friend Patrick was taking his mum to see it as well. <laughs> we were both taking our mums to see Hairspray. Uh, that was the sixth time I saw it. It's just a very cheesy feel-good musical, and there are a lot of those cheesy feel-good musicals. But I like it when a musical isn't a cheesy feel-good musical and is actually a bit more realistic, which I feel like you would appreciate. That's why I like A Star is Born. That's why A Star is Born is a really good one. Oh, God, don't set me off on that. 
What's wrong with A Star Is Born? That was quite realistic. A Star Is Born is one of the worst films I've ever seen in my life. Oh, you're so dramatic. It's great. It, I okay. I went to see that with with one of my best mates, and the entire cinema was like bawling their eyes out at the end, apart from me and him who were pissing ourselves laughing because it is so badly acted. So badly acted. Lady Gaga won an Oscar for it. And she fucking well shouldn't have. Did she or was she just nominated? I don't know, actually. I think she was just nominated. It's great. It's, and it's awful. And Bradley Cooper's amazing in everything, especially The Hangover. Oh, she won for the song. It is a good song. Oh, yeah, well, they're going not the acting. Uh, I really like... Uh... In the standards! Well, Edward wouldn't have won it. Oh, I really liked... I liked, I wasn't expecting the twist. I love a, I love an unexpected, depressing twist to my movies. They're the best. Give me a depressing twist. Well, then you need to go and see opera, because opera's mostly tragic. Can we see Everyone an English one? Can we see an English opera? An Andrew Lloyd Webber one, maybe. Do not speak his name in my presence. You liked Phantom. <laughs> ah you liked phantom i did oh it did okay oh i i enjoyed that i think he wrote some nice music for that and cats Cats has one good song, which is Memory. Mm. And Mr. Mistopheles. No. I've never, I've <laughs> never seen it, so I wouldn't know. I just know the, I know Memory. What other song, what other ones has uh, Andrew Lloyd Webber done? That shit one with the trains and the roller skates. Um, Mamma Mia. Someone in chat will know it. Sound of Music. Um, no. <laughs> that's my favorite bit in the sound of music is a bit with you know the roller skates and the trains starlight express there you go i've never seen it i've just imagined it shit because it's him oh, um it's got a massive dick apparently well that's all sarah brightman was interested in <laughs> uh, shame about his face wow <laughs> yeah it's very it's beloved it's beloved in germany apparently wow <laughs> I get confused well, with Starlight Express and S Express. Is that from the movie? Or from the play? S Express? S Express. I'm pretty S sure it's not. Express. Well, yeah, Joseph in the Technical Dreamcoat is a great play for children to do at school. Ah, <laughs> oh, well, that was a theatre review with Ed Nightingale. What's your favourite play, theatre, music, musical? Sweeney Todd. That doesn't count, that's a movie. No, it's a shit movie with actors that can't sing. Exactly, so what's your favourite? And they literally cut out, like, the most important song. Which was? The Ballad of Sweeney Todd. The whole point of that is that it recurs throughout and it narrates the story and they cut that out entirely. Well, maybe they'll make a make it into a play. Ah, 
Should we move on to games? It's only 45 yes, minutes in. <laughs> oh, don't worry. I've got more ranting to do about games. Oh. oh. So, uh, Josh Groban's Sweeney Todd revival is coming to Broadway, apparently. Let's go see it. Fine. That's very generous of you. Okay, so what video? Oh, yeah. Do that, guys. Super so. No. Um, I went to see that. I was so so bored. I don't have again, any terrible story, and then the music is just lots of high squealing rock notes without a good melody. I don't like going if it's got like if it's a a Jesus play. Just not a fan of Jesus plays. Evita. I mean, the fact that Madonna was in it tells you most of that. You need to know about that. Not a fan of Madonna. Not in that film. Oh. Well, well, yeah. Les Miserables is my. Oh, it's my second favorite behind Phantom, but I I love Les Mis. I think I prefer the music in Les Mis. Um, but the story... And the story is quite... I actually don't mind the story in it. But no, Phantom is always special because it was the first play I ever... Uh, first musical I ever saw. Huh. Although I do like Billy Elliot. God, let's move on. <laughs> so, 45 minutes in. Ed, I don't have, have any tea left. He doesn't have any tea. Oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> it's a, it's a, you're a mess. It's a mess. Um, Moni says, I'm not sure Ed would survive repeated theatre critic live on stream. <laughs> this is why I avoid in general talking about musical theatre and Twitch. Do it. Hey, if it's something that you're interested in, bring it up. And if you want to get Ed animated, start talking about your favourite plays. In fact, I, I love talking about theatre. I have spent many years as a theatre critic for my own blog. And I have been to see a lot of very shit plays <laughs> musicals and written about them mm. um so uh yeah i i love theater and i will happily critique and discuss at any point what um, is okay what is what was worse than dear evan hansen um so i'm trying to think of major things that i gave like a one out of five to um there was the X Factor musical that oh, I went God. to see, which honestly was just terrible. Um, <laughs> I mean, it sounds it. Yeah, it was really bad. And I remember the reviews for that, like four out of five critics loved it. And I was like, what the fuck were you watching? Uh, it was terrible. I also went to see Magic Mike, um, which was offensive. Did you not get, well, you didn't get dick thrust in your face, did you? No, and that's why, because the cast were incredibly homophobic. Wait, what? so what happened? So I went with a friend of mine um, that was also a gay man. And the thing is, is that that show is made for hen parties. Um, and it's just a load of squealing hen party groups getting all excited about a semi-naked man as if they've never seen one before. Um, and the thing is, is that they literally, um, um, what's a hen party? Um, uh, bachelorette in America. Bachelorette. That's the word I was thinking of. Um, the, the actors literally like rush into the audience and like grab women's faces and rub their crotches in them and all this kind of stuff, which is 
like i mean boundaries is dodgy um but the way that they would literally work their way along the audience going to every single woman got to me and my friend saw that we were men and went nope and either turned and went the other way or just walked past us and went to like dance with someone else and it's like I'm sorry if you're that insecure in your sexuality in a show all about masculinity, then you do not deserve to be in this. Maybe a. they thought you were. And B, it's literally about stripping men. Do you not think that gay men are going to want to go and see that? I mean, I didn't pay. I got a press ticket. But like, do you not think that gay men are going to want to go and see that? Of course. Why am I as a, I'm not a paying customer. Imagine I'm a paying customer. Why do I not get the same experience that everyone else does just because you're insecure about your sexuality to thrust your cock in another man's face? I'm sorry, it it was offensive. It pissed me off. And also it was just a terrible... Te- oh, what was the story? I, now need, I need to find my review of this because <laughs> <laughs> I'm I need to remind myself. What was the story like? Was Mike, was Mike really magic? Why was he magic? There is no story. It's oh. just a load of stripping men. Is it, but there's magic. There's in it. Is there really... magic in it? Oh, that's right. Um, hang on, I'll just redo this quote from my review. It's the female MC played by Sophie Linda Lee, whoever she is. I don't know if she's still in it or not. Who represents all the worst qualities of the show? Beyond simply being an irritating distraction between the dances, her dated jokes are full of gross-out humor that utterly cheapen the show. My minge is like a Tesco Express, she tells us. It's always open. Later, she borders on the xenophobic, asking an Italian dancer to speak English when he lovingly describes a woman in his native language. Rather than aiming for anything nuanced or intelligent, the script is crass and the dancing animalistic to the point of pornography. All right, from the Women's <laughs> Institute, uh, uh, Ed Nightingale. Those pearls I'm sorry. Are clutched. Literally, she's like, my minge is like a Tesco Express. It's always open. I'm like, wow, is that the level of humour that we're at here? So that was worse than uh, Dear Evan Hansen. I actually gave that a two out of five, which I'm surprised at. <laughs> wow. I mean, there were naked men in it. Did you actually see any uh, schlong or was it just... No. <sighs> Disappointing. Oh, dear. Anyway... Also a lack of beards and a lack of body hair. So just... Oh. Just very, very waxed, muscly, shiny men. Twinks. No, they were imagine? they were too old to be twinks. Oh no, <laughs> yeah, retired twinks like Henrik. Sure, <laughs> an oiled up Henrik. Um, but yeah, I've 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 also seen just lots of very amateurish fringe theater shows in like a black box theater above a above a pub, um, and there are some really really bad productions out there. I always saw some good ones. We saw your friends. They got a good we dad. Did. Yeah. But the Lebsians, the Lebsians one was good. Yes. Didn't we see that just after cock or before cock? And we actually Just after that. cock. We yeah. did. Yeah. And not just because my friend wrote it. No, it was actually entertaining. I enjoyed it. Um, but there we go. Anyway. So, we'll do we'll do theatre chat next time we go see something. Yeah, we I'm... are we are due another trip. I mean, are we? We just went like two days ago. <laughs> Last we're night, ju- sorry. We, we, we do another one. Okay. Um, so, well, tell. Well, I think we should go and see Cabaret. I would love to see Cabaret. I'd love to see a really good very, one. very, very dark, and therefore I think that I think that you'll enjoy it. Do you want know the, um, you know or... the thing? Can I just say, when it comes to Cabaret, weirdly enough, neither of us have seen the movie. 
Oh, yeah, I haven't seen the movie. I haven't seen the production. Me I've just, I've just heard the songs around. Yeah. So I really need to go and see it. Mm. Um, so I think we should go and see that. But we should also um, go and see Book of Mormon because you I haven't seen it and yeah. it is good fun. And you should also see The Lion King because you haven't seen that either. No, and I really also want to see Six. Who And I think Sarah in the chat, Sarah has been to see Six. And I really want to go there. Even if it's so, it's a bit like a, a concert, like a, a just a yeah musical concert. I would like to see it, but I don't know if it's worth. Is it worth lots of money? It's a good time. I th- yeah, I think it's. I think it will be good fun, but I don't think it's a production in the way that some other things are. Hopefully, the performance will be good. Oh, it's worth it to you. Okay. Well, I will. Um, yeah, we've got a bunch to see. We will. We'll have to have like a theatre trip once a month or something. Um, I'd love, I'd look forward to Ed's review of Love Never Dies, the Phantom musical, the, the sequel. Isn't that Phantom. the sequel that came out? I heard awful things yeah. about that and was like, I'm not wasting my money. No, I refused to go and see it because I love Phantom so much. I didn't want it ruined by, uh, yeah, by you know, watching that. Because I just, it wasn't it out. It was a really short time that it was out for, right? Hmm. Uh, but yeah, that is uh, that was Love Never Dies. But um, Love Love Never Dies, but that musical did. Um, it was the first performance was in 22nd of February 2010. Um, but I don't know. Oh yeah, mostly negative reviews there. Um, and I don't know if there's still one, I imagine. Oh, West End 2010 to 2011. <laughs> Apparently, the original, the production's lighting designer, a member of the original creative team, Paul Constable, said that working on Love Never Dies almost led her to quit the theatre industry. So there you go. Wow. <laughs> wow. And there's nowhere, and it's been around the world, and it has never lasted more than uh, two years. There's not a single one where it's lasted more than two years. And a few of them it's are just almost, one year. It's almost like Andrew Lloyd Webber's shit. <sighs> but he's got a big neck. Um, anyway, so we're nearly an hour in to the podcast. Let's talk, I mean, it is swapping joysticks, but we're swapping theatre experience. We're swapping the little, um, binoculars. Swapping binoculars. (laughs) That could be the theatre one. Do you see what I see? (laughs) Um, Ed, look to your left. He's looking through the window. It's waving through a window. Oh, yeah. Oh, I don't know. I can never looking. Remember. looking through a window. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, okay, well, I'm sure you've been playing some games that you absolutely love. So tell us, what games have you been playing? I heard that you finished a video game. I did. I took your advice last week, and I went back to Tales of Arise <laughs> for one more final time, and I bumped the difficulty down to easy which still wasn't actually that easy but fine Storm, um, sorry no I, not easy you didn't put it to easy did you ed well the equivalent of it was called story mode but it's the equivalent of easy. oh i thought i thought you said i thought you said story was like below easy no 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 it was normal um which is what i was doing it on uh the one below that was story and then above that is moderate and then hard <laughs> moderate wow um Isn't so moderate yeah, I, and average the same <laughs> 
I mean, you'd think oh, so. Anyway, I put it on story mode. It took me about 15 minutes to just whip through the last couple of bosses and finish it. And then I deleted it and it's done. So I'm not playing that again. Um, but did you thank enjoy you for your, that advice. Did you enjoy your time with it? Um, once it ended, yes. Why it was you... more just like the final bit of the game that just, just irritated me. But I enjoyed it up to that point. Okay, that's good. Yeah, because I was like, why did you play it? No, no, I did like it. It's just like my enjoyment declined over time. Mm. Um, so having finally finished that as well, I was like, well, I can start something new now. Um, and I'm presuming that we will in a moment talk about Splatoon 3 because we've both been playing that we and have. we will play some of that after the podcast today. Um, but I started Depends when it finishes, to be honest. I mean, we're an hour in and we haven't spoken about uh, that's true. video games. Um, but I started another game, a brand new one for mm. me, which is Horizon Forbidden West, which I have... I've had on my list since it came out in February um, and I, I I played the first sort of hour of it before mm. and then Elden Ring came out so I basically got stuck with that and I didn't go back to Horizon so I started it again, fresh save What did you think to the original? I enjoyed the original um, I liked Aloy as a character um, I enjoyed her sort of naivety and going on the journey with her. I thought the combat was fun. I liked the story um, as much as I can see that there's a lot of sort of white savior stuff to it as well. Um, I sort of enjoyed the sci-fi aspects of it. Um, it was sort of the pinnacle of that old Ubisoft-esque open world design. Um, but because it came out at the same time as Breath of the Wild, it didn't seem very progressive, but I enjoyed it for what it was. Um, I went into Forbidden West hoping for more of the, not so much more of the same, but um, I sort of knew it was going to be more of the same, but I expected a, a step up. Um, graphically and visually, it is one of the prettiest games I've ever played. Um, the environments are incredible. Um, but more than that, it's the details and the textures on all the costumes and the character models, like the different skin tones and all the stitching on all the bits of costumes and stuff. Like the details on those character models are absolutely incredible. Um, so it is genuinely one of the prettiest games I've ever played. Um, the only thing with that is that when there's a slight imperfection, it really shows up. So I don't understand why, but Aloy's hair is literally made of wool and she will just move her head and it's like this around her um and like and it kind of clips through her shoulders all the time oh. it's like wobbling it's like she's underwater it's just it's really annoying because hair should not do that <laughs> and everything else is so meticulously carefully crafted that then her hair just looks really fucking weird uh, I, don't how, I don't get how games like this when it's got somebody you know with long hair or that they don't tend to have like greasy hair, but like genuinely in this, you know, they will have greasy hair because they don't have shampoo and stuff, but they've all got like kind of perfectly. Well, you never see, you never see a washing. Hmm. Give a, give a like greasy hair for the next horizon. There we go. Um, the thing is, despite it being very pretty, I feel like it's a world that doesn't want to be explored. It's kind of doing everything it possibly can 
to stop me from wanting to explore, <laughs> which is really annoying. Um, part of that is Aloy's movement in the world. It just feels really off to me. It feels really awkward. Um, it's things like she'll be standing on a ledge and you want her to step off it onto a platform and she won't do it. So you have to make her jump. And she kind of either jumps really high for something that she could step over or she kind of doesn't quite jump far enough seemingly, but then magnetically grabs onto what she should. Um, she gets stuck on bits of scenery. There is so much environmental detail and vegetation that it's really hard to like find the path. And she, the way she interacts with it just doesn't feel realistic to me. Um, or you're riding on mounts um, so that you can go riding across the, you know, the environment. And in a lot of games, they cheat that and allow you to sort of ride through a bush or something just so it's smooth. But they don't do that here. And there's so much vegetation that you're, you're riding on the mount, you just get stuck on everything. Um, and it's just annoying. Or you're doing combat, but it's... Um, um, like the environments that you're in are really detailed, but they just get in the way of you trying to dodge. Um so you're trying to dodge things, but then it's like, oh, there's a rock in the way or there's a tree in the way that you just want to be able to get past and you can't. And it just, there's just something about the environmental design. I don't know if it's the level design or if it's the animation, but it's just not quite gelling for me in a way that other open world games have. Um, and I just feel like they're really chasing realism in a way that's really detracting from the game element of it. Um I don't know if any of that really makes sense, but it's just something that's really irritating me. Um, and on top of that, you've then got the typical, oh, here's a massive map that's fill it with icons that feels really overwhelming. So I feel like I just want to blitz through the story, but then I keep getting sidetracked by other things. Um, but I think what is most annoying and disappointing to me overall is they have ruined Aloy as a character. And that's really annoying because in the first game, I really liked her as this like, cliche but you know strong woman um but she immediately was was a new female character that we don't get a lot of in games um and she was really likable really iconic um i think you're really drawn to her she has this kind of naivety but she's learning about her past you go on this adventure with her and you get really sucked into her story the problem with the sequel is that it starts at that point so she's no she's no longer naive she's this really narcissistic entitled bitch who literally is like um excuse me um i'm the chosen one and i'm on this really special important mission so you have to just like let me through even though you don't want me to because i need to go on this journey and i'm like fuck off like <laughs> she's so irritating like you get to a point where they've, they've like blocked it off and like no you can't come to the forbidden west like we haven't we haven't done this treaty yet like all the tribes are at war like we can't let you through because it's dangerous and we can't do that she's like um excuse me i'm on this really important mission like oh shut up she's so entitled and it is just i just find her so annoying as a character i'm not i'm not warming to her in a way that i did with the first game and that is the most disappointing thing to me because there's such potential with the character and I feel like they've ruined it. And I I will keep playing because I want to get to the end. I'm about 10, 12 hours in. Um, so I'm kind of, I want to finish it, um, but I am desperately hoping for some sort of Aloy redemption in this. 
Hopefully you'll finish it before I move there because I, I do want to play it, but I don't want to see it. But I I didn't really like the first one, to be honest. I played it. I played it twice. I even got the platinum. Um, but I, I played it because it was easy to do and there was a story there that I kind of enjoyed when they got to the when she got to the top of this building um, and it kind of like, oh, it makes sense and stuff. But what is it, what's the voice acting like? Because it sounded like before they were just like filming everything in a really kind of hushed voice and everything everyone was just so depressed and miserable um is it the same now um the voice acting is quite good um i don't thing is ashley birch who plays aloy the problem is is that i i don't like the writing of aloy so i don't think it's her performance i think it's the writing that's annoying me also she just talks all the time and like we'll sort of talk through a puzzle before you've had a chance to work it out and that kind of thing's annoying um i've totally forgotten the actor's name but the guy that plays silence um who was in the first one um he's in it again he was also the actor that played um wesker in um the netflix resident evil that bombed recently um but he he's amazing he's got a great voice um so he's brilliant in it um Mm. i think the voice acting is fine i just don't like the writing and like you say in the first game you know, you climb up that point and you get the story. You understand how the past uh, in our current day links in with it all and forms the story. And you get that. The problem with the sequel is that they're starting at that point. And it's like, yeah. how do we carry on the story? What? How do we write this? And they've just written it in a way that is just irritating. To Lance Reddick, who I know as Shax from The Crucible in Destiny. Oh, fine amazing voice um, you're right amazing yeah, voice amazing voice he also does a great cameos as well as in cameo filming you know he will you can pay him to say things oh that okay yeah he's yeah you remember that yes um yeah so i'm hmm i am looking forward to uh, playing it at some point but it's not something i'm like really fussed about playing um mm. and going through it but well keep us updated on how that is I mean, it'll be lasting me a while longer. I think the the main story is about thirty hours, but if you want to do side quests, it's more like sixty. Mm. So it's gonna last me a little while, that's for sure. Okay, um, so we have both been playing some Splatoon three. I think last week mm. uh, we had got to the point where we just started it, or we both, I think, or Riot, or we'd both like a day or so. Yeah. yeah. So we hadn't, we didn't really speak about it, but we've now played quite a fair bit more into it. I don't know how many hours I'm in I am. I've played a fair bit of the multiplayer, which was kind of enjoyable, kind of very... You either love it or you absolutely despise it and you get your butt kicked. Um, I've done a few, quite a few levels of the um, single player mode. So I've done like the tutorial area and the boss. And then I've completely 100%ed the first area of the the main game, um, which didn't give... Which annoyed me. It didn't give me anything extra. I was like, I even unlocked... Cause, when you go to the it'll tell you uh, where on the map you haven't been because it's like literally every instead of having like a foggy area like or some fog which will like open up when you haven't gone to an area it would literally be a single block um on the map that is grayed out if you don't go there and there's quite a lot in each area and i made a special uh like effort to go around and make sure i'd been to every single bit so the whole map was completely clear of any of this uh, of these grey blocks and it didn't give me anything just a pretty map um, 
It's a waste of time. It was a waste of time. But the levels I enjoyed, and I like that it gives you a little selection of which weapons to use so you get a choice of them. But I think the most I've spent playing this game is the Salmon Run, which I never played in Splatoon 1 nor 2. Um, well, it was only in 2. Was it only in 2? Yeah. Was it in 2 and you could only do it at certain times of the week? Yeah. Yeah. That's probably Whereas why I did Whereas now you can play it whenever you like. I mean, I'm the same. I, I didn't play much Salmon Run at all in the second game, and I've grown to really enjoy it in this. Um, I think because... I, I have a real love-hate relationship with Splatoon where I really love the idea of the gameplay. I love the style. I love the music. Um, I think it's a really Nintendo-y shooter uh, and I really like that. But I hate the fact that I'm really bad at it um, and I find it really hard to get better. And I think there are a lot of people that are very good at it. And when you're playing against people online, you get drawn in and you can have a whole string of matches where you just lose every single one. And it's just infuriating. Yeah, you lost like five matches in a row, didn't you? And I was kind of worried for you because you were messaging me and like, I'm genuinely really angry. Yeah. Um, so that really annoyed me. But then Salmon Run is cooperative. So it's you against computer. Um, and essentially, if you haven't played it, it's you're in this sort of small area and enemies are coming in, which are sort of these weird salmonids, fish mutation Salmonoids. Things salmonoids and they they come in from the sea uh in waves and you have to defeat them um and collect the eggs that they that the big ones drop um but you have to work cooperatively to do that and so it's just i, I don't know i like i like the cooperativeness of it that's not a word um but i, I like that it's not yeah it's it's a nice change from the competition of the of the main game um that can just get really annoying um, so yeah, I've really enjoyed that, but I've actually played a lot of this single player as well. I've, just, I was playing it before, uh, before we started this and I've just finished the third Island. Bloody um, hell. You don't, do you, you just play lots of video games, don't you? Yeah. Well, it's, it's not that long. It's, and it's not that difficult. Um, but what I like about it is that it's, it really teaches you how to play the game and it teaches you about the different weapons. It teaches you the controls, um, and it's done in a really fun, creative way. It almost feels like a Mario platformer um, in these sort of like mini level, sort of almost like platform puzzles that you have to get through, uh, but through shooting. Um, and the way that they're out in the world is almost like the Breath of the Wild shrines. Um, you have to shoot the kettles and then like sink down into them and then it takes you to this other little mm. mini world. It just reminds me of the Breath of the Wild shrines of like these little mini self-contained challenges. Um, and I really, really like that about the single player. So I've I've sort of raced through it, but I really enjoy playing it. Um, yeah. I feel like I'm getting better as well at the multiplayer. But I think the key to Splatoon is finding the weapon that works for you because the weapons are all very different uh, and force you to play in very different ways. And I bought the the roller, the paint roller, and started playing with that and realized I really like that. And I actually won quite a few matches doing that and was top. Um, and I think that's because I just gave up on trying to shoot other people and just focused on, right, I'm just going to splat the floor as much as possible. And you can splat a lot very quickly with the roller. Um, and then you can kill people in like one hit when you, when you shake mm. it at people. Um, and I think because of that, you don't have to rely on the motion controls as much for aiming. 
Um, so because of that, I found it a little bit easier to get into. So I say that now, I'll probably play Age and hate it, but touch wood, um, I uh, I feel like I might have found a weapon that I really like. I like the roller. Yeah, I've played the roller a bit, and I think the roller is a little bit easier on this game uh, than Splatoon 2. Splatoon 2 had a game, it was kind of like, oh, I can't remember exactly what it was. It was silver weapon, and it splattered lots, and it was great for actually killing people, but also it was great for painting the floor as well. Uh, and I don't think it's in this game, or if it is, I can't find it, uh, or it's a different one that I, yeah, I can't remember. But I, I need to actually go and, oh, I think I might have lost, I think I might have deleted it, but I kind of want to play a bit of Splatoon 2 to try and remember what the weapon was. Or I'll just go online and find it, um, because it was great. But it, it I, might have been... I have the physical copy if you need it. No, I mean, what I'll do is I can just, I'm going to, like, I might even do it right now. Splatoon 2 weapons, and I'm sure I'll see it and be like, okay, yeah, that's the one. Um, but yeah, so I've enjoyed playing it. I also love how that game, do you know what, it re, do you know what game it reminds me of? Tell us, Ben. It reminds me of Destiny 2. Oh, God. Why does it remind me of Destiny 2, you ask? Tell us, Ben. Um, it reminds me of Destiny 2 because it's got a bit for everybody. You want PvE? You've got the story mode. You can go play it. You want P? Uh, you want co-op? You've got Salmon Run. You want PvP? You've got the PvP and ranked as well. You just have everything in that game. And I like that. Whatever I mean, that's, you're in. Like, that's like a lot of other shooting games. But I mean, that's sure. true. But also, Let's go with Destiny. It reminds me of Destiny. Well, is it like other that or uh, Call of Duty? Salmon Run is like Call of Duty zombies. No? Wow. But yeah, no, it's fun. Um, PvP winds me up. Uh, Salmon Run can as well, especially if I'm not doing too well. Oh, God, I hate it. Mm. Um, but I also like, therefore, that that mode forces you to, to use a different weapon on each round. Um, so you really get used to using different weapons, which is uh, which is good. Yeah, that's the thing as well. Yeah, I really enjoy that. And it changes quite a bit as well. Um, oh, I think the one I was doing was maybe the Aerospray. Mm, I knew you were going to say that. Is the Aerospray on the new one? Maybe. I, I, need to, I need to find it. That was the silver one that I was looking for. That I enjoyed. Um, yeah, so I will play some. Uh, yeah, I will play some of the. Uh, yeah, because you get quite things with the uh, salmon run. If you for every clear you get, um, so for every clear you get the first one of the day, you get a huge amount of points uh, that go towards your version of the battle pass um, and unlock some random stuff, which I'm not sure what you do with these decals and other things. Um, I think you, you put them in your locker. But where is your locker? In the uh, lobby area. Oh, don't think I've even found that. Oh, so okay, you know the little pod that you go into oh, um, in... to start mat to start matches. Mm-hmm. Yeah, just to the right of that, there's a doorway, and if you go down into there, it opens, and then there's a line of lockers, and then with your locker in there, and so all those things you use to decorate your locker, and you can see other people's lockers who you played with. Oh, okay. It. I didn't know that. I'm going to have to go and uh, decorate my locker. Uh, but yeah, no. Um, it's... The other thing, actually, I haven't found is the card game because I really want to play it. Yeah, I've unlocked some cards. Have you got some cards? Yeah, I've got cards, but I don't know where I go to play that. I think it must be somebody you speak to. It's not the person near the entrance to the lobby area, is it? Well, I sort of presumed it would be in the lobby area, but I don't know exactly. It'll be somebody you have to speak to, I'm sure. Yeah. 
yeah. Okay. Well, I'm yeah. I'm really enjoying it. I want to play some more. Um, and a bit of everything, like the PVE, the PVP, and the co-op, like all three things are enjoyable. So, yeah, get playing them. Okay. It's in the open area, outside. Okay. Hmm. I will have to go searching. Excellent. Also, um, the motion controls, they're annoying a little bit. And then I went back to, well, I turned off the motion controls because I was playing handheld. No. <laughs> no, I can't not play motion with motion controls now even though i'm a little bit garbage with it i'm 10 times worse without it yeah oh. so um Should we've we also some headlines well no there's a few other games oh, you haven't okay, even asked okay. me what i've been playing have you well i just thought it was between no no um so we both played a demo of valkyrie elysium ah yes uh, I mean, I enjoyed it, even though she sounds like Liz Truss uh, in the English voice acting. You better turn turn it into Japanese voice acting, otherwise it will really put you off. Uh, what did you think to Valkyrie Elysium, which is a... Um, J what is it? It's an action RPG. Action RPG. There you go. In the uh, style of kind of Bayonetta, Nier, and Devil May Cry. Yeah, I got kind of those vibes from it in terms of the combat. Um, I really like the combat. Um, I think it flows really nicely. There are some interesting combos. You can throw in magic attacks and then those people that you summon as well and you have to use elemental weaknesses. Um, and there's a grappling hook that you use to like jump between enemies. Um, so yeah, I think the combat is great. I just think that the presentation is not good. Um, the story is kind of Norse mythology, but in an anime style. Um, the graphic has this weird painterly sort of slightly blurry background but then sort of outlined people that looks almost cell shaded it's just it's this odd mix that just didn't really work for me um i should say that i played this at the square enix event that i went to last week um but the demo is available to play which is how you played it so anyone can play it but the game is out next week I've also played a few minutes, well, not many at all, of the Diofield uh, Chronicles. It's not Diofield as I thought it was. It's Diofield or I can't. Remember, I think it is like that. Um, and the like, I've just done a battle in it and had a bit of the story. The story seemed kind of cool, um, but the battling system seemed really interesting. Um, I'm going to play a lot more, and I'm probably going to get it because I think it's out today or tomorrow. Um, yeah. But I'm very, very interested in uh, in playing more of that. Um, and I also played the demo of Harvest Stella which is Ooh. another farming game that's out, but it's farming and uh, combat. Uh, farming and, like, yeah, it's got, like, an RPG story. Someone said it's, like, Final Fantasy meets um, Story of Seasons, and it Story of Seasons does the farming 100 times better, and Final Fantasy does the RPG 1,000 times better. I... I hated it. I played it a little bit and I just thought it was awful. Um, well, for me. I don't want to say it's a terrible game because maybe to some people it's great, but it just it looks really bad. Like, it looks awful. There's no kind of style to it. If you've got... A, obviously, you know, they've got a limited budget, which is great, but if you do have a limited budget, rather than just make something kind of bare bones, why don't you give a style to it or something where... Yeah, maybe it's easily recognizable. Like, for example, Stardew, it's got the kind of really old school NES look to it. It's got a, a, a look to it. SNES, sorry. 
It, it's 16 bit. 16. Well, wow. 8 bit. All right, nerd. So it's got a 16 bit uh, look to it, which is a great for its style. But this just feels like a really old. I don't want to like compare it to PS1, PS2, or whatever like that. But it definitely does not look like it is released this year. Um, the so it's done it in 3D. I just think if they'd put it in 2D or like top down, you know, kind of Story of Seasons, Pioneers of Olive Town style, or like you know the Animal Crossing kind of style. That would be totally fine, and it wouldn't be too you know heavy on the resources. But the fact that they've like, oh no, we want it fully three D, like an RPG. It just, I don't know. It just is really. They're trying to do the farming, but they don't do that well. And then they're trying to do the RPG, but they don't do that well either. So it's it just doesn't work on any level. The writing or the translation, because I'm guessing it's from Japanese, is not good. Like all the characters just feel the same. Um, there's so many people just like young man old woman uh in this like the main city that you start off in i'm like okay so guess these people you don't really doesn't really matter uh and it just it's just this obscure story somebody falls from the sky and and i just i rolled my eyes the second it was like oh yeah i've uh, just turned up at this village and i've lost my memory i'm like oh honestly that is just it just feels like the laziest story is when your protagonist wake goes to a place and wakes up and they've got no memory of anything i just i yeah i hated it i really hated it it wasn't fun the farming area was just a small thing go and uh go and plant these three carrots and it's kind of like just dodgy animation of trying to kind of plow the land and then suddenly the land is fixed even though you've just slammed it once with a spade or whatever um, and then you, oh. with a ho, oh, how dare you? What do you call me? I don't know, it just it felt really, really cheap. And maybe it looked better on a small screen on a on a switch, but no, I just was not fun whatsoever. So I guess we should add as well, this is another demo. Um the game is out in November, but it's a demo you can go play now on Switch. Yeah. Um I played about 20 minutes of it and got just up which was all story, and then I just got to the um uh to the farming bit yeah um and uh and and the demo timed out for me um but i to me it felt less final fantasy and more um more like bravely default um in that kind of level which was which was a ds game was it 3ds um the original bravely default so it had that kind of ds level to it as opposed to like a modern switch game mm. it like the graphics look like pokemon shield you know you're where you're in the wild area and you're kind of running around and everything is kind of either mm. flat or a with bit, a tiny yeah. bit of yeah it just it doesn't yeah i under i get it that they don't have the you know they don't have the budget or whatnot for a other support for a you know final fantasy or a you know a giant open world rpg but if you don't then, you know, just scale it down and try something slightly different or great for them for trying, but it just, it doesn't look good at all to play. Um, the frame rate was a bit, was all over the place as well while I was playing it. Um, it was quite fiddly, but like the, when you're going and and like, so I went off to the wild area to fight some beasts and you're literally there with your, I think it was with my sword or whatever. And I was just, just slicing and just one attacks i mean maybe you'll obviously you'll unlock more attacks and stuff but it's just it was terrible combat um like the most basic combat you can imagine 
and getting a couple of twigs or whatever pieces of stone and then going back and I was like, oh my God. And then there's the crafting table and you learn the recipes, but you have to buy the recipes and you buy the seeds from the store. And I'm like, there are hundreds and hundreds of farming games just out this month, I'm sure. And there are lots and lots of RPGs. And so many of them do farming better or do combat better or do story better that this was just, it was mediocre in every aspect of it. So in all, Harvestella is not for you. It's not for me, no. And I raid, I won't say who it was, but I raided somebody after playing it. And they're like, oh, you were playing Harvestella. What did you think? And I'm like, I wasn't a fan. And the streamer was like, oh my God, like I didn't, I wasn't a fan. I wasn't a fan either. Um, because it's, it's kind of built up as a Final Fantasy, Stardew, Square Enix game. And it sounds, I mean, that premise sounds great. And then you play it and go, oh, no, this is poor. Oh well, I won't be playing that then. Mm. Or maybe I will try it out just to just to give it a go. And then you'll say how much you love it and it's great and that I'm too harsh. And you're wrong. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, um I think that's it for games that I've been playing. Nice. And what's in well, what have other people been playing? Of course. I almost forgot that. Farming is not shit. Farming is great. Um half my family are farmers. But far some farming games are great. I don't know about farming, Sim. Um, so, Moon Princess is still obsessed with the Link to the Past randomizers. I've never played a Zelda randomizer or any kind of randomizer, to be honest. Um, it sounds interesting, though. Did you see what um, the Pokemon company have come out with? Well, what the people that I think used to work are for the Pokemon company said about... The Pokemon company Nuzlocks. on Nintendo about Nuzlocks, yeah. So Nuzlocke, what are Nuzlocke said for people that have never heard of the word? Um, so it's playing Pokemon with a different set of rules. Um, that you the impose main upon ones, yourself, don't you? Yeah, yeah. Uh, the main ones being that you can only have one of each. I think it's something like one of each type of Pokemon that, or the first one that you see when you enter an area. Uh, and if they die, they're dead, and you can't resurrect them. You can't use them again. Mm. um so it's a specific there are other rules as well that you add on top of that um yeah and it's two people who used to do nintendo chat or whatever it was the sort of youtube channel who complained that nintendo described nuzlocking as like hacking a game yeah they said they um, put it on like the same level as roms <laughs> and it's like you're not installing any mods or anything like that you're it's literally just you playing the game a certain way with rules imposed by yourself but if you read Eurogamer, you will see that Nintendo replied to us. Oh, I didn't read that. Who, who oh. reported on it? Uh, Liv. Oh, well, sorry, um, Liv. And um, uh, yeah, they, they replied and basically said that they're fine with it. They, they, they never said that. Oh. Well, fuck my drag. Yeah, there you go. Um, Clues is still stuck on Atomicrops, which Xbox reminds me... It's at 10 days, 10 hours and 42 minutes, which is 250 hours and 42 minutes. That's a lot of time. And thank you for correctly pronouncing it this week. Uh, last week, it was Atomicops, as uh, <laughs> I think you called it. Did I? Oh, no, Atomicorps, you called it. Like a corporation. I'm I'm just reading what I see. Now I was listening through, I listened to the podcast, getting the numbers and then like, and trying to, and Googling Atomicorps, trying to find out, you know, where it was and yeah, no. Sure. Atomic crops. Because it's about crops that you grow. Another farming simulator game. 
There you go. There I don't you think go. so. Um, speaking of that, Charlie has been playing some Slime Rancher. Um, it's a farming sim on a different planet, essentially. It's very chill and relaxing, and I love the music in the game. And I've been playing it because Slime Rancher 2 is coming out today. It is. There we go. Um, um, as play... of writing, no. I played Never a bit of the original, then got a refund. Wow. Um, as of writing this, Steam says it's another 11 hours before the game's available, so it should be out now that we're doing the podcast. There we go. Uh, Slime Ranch was the first game I played. No, I'm not that young. I just wasn't allowed to play video games as a child. Um, so I've been really looking forward to Slime Rancher 2. The first game has meant a lot to me. That's good. Awesome. Maybe you should give it a go, Ben. Um, yeah, I mean, I bought it, played a few minutes, and was like, I'm enjoying this, but there are a million other games I'm going to play more, and I may as well get my £20 back. Fine. Uh, Randy Pasta, I'm on a second playthrough of the game everyone loves to hate, Cyberpunk 2077. So is everyone. Everyone is playing that at the moment. Yeah, I want to play it Because of the well. Netflix anime. Hmm. Have um, you seen any seen... of it? The anime, no, and I really um, I really want to. Yeah, uh, I, I want to see, wanna see what it's like. Um, it seemed like a perfect time to play it again after the 1.6 update and watching Edge Runners. There are still minor bugs, but it feels like a much better experience this time. Some areas of the map feel like they were meant to be utilised for more, but just dropped as a priority before release. The story is still the best thing about the game. It got me in the feels on the first playthrough and would likely do so again. You loved it, didn't you? I hated it. What about the story? But that's the best bit. I can barely remember it. Um, well, I wanna, I, I'm going to play it, Randy, and I'm sure I'm going to love it, and I'll tell you all about it. It's hetero nonsense. <laughs> um, well, I'm sure Randy wouldn't, you know, that wouldn't influence Randy Pasta. No, some people some people like that, and that's fine. I was just not a fan, personally. Okay. Uh, Debs, I've been hooked on Disney Dreamlight Valley. Some of the later tasks seem to have some bugs in them that will hopefully be ironed out soon. One of them is actually keeping up my progress with one of the characters. So I'm hoping a patch will be released for this soon as well. Uh, I'm also ready for the fall updates they've announced on their social media accounts. I've heard that it is very buggy, but it seems to be getting better. I didn't encounter any when I was playing it. I think we had the podcast last time when I spoke about it, right? Yeah. I haven't played it since. Remind me what you're playing it on. I am playing it on um, Game Pass on PC. Oh, on PC. Yeah. Because I think it's the Switch version that has the most bugs. Oh, yes. And well, I play on Game Pass on PC because if you've got Game Pass, it's free. I would play it on my Xbox, but someone's stolen it. Um, You've given it to me. You, I didn't steal I, mean, I don't remember giving it to you. You've given it to me. It's mine now. <laughs> it's mine. Um, Taunt's better 475 hours of Atomicrops. People love this Atomicrops. Is it a mobile it... game? It sounds like one. Maybe. Um, Taunt's also been playing a lot of Fall Guys. The new season is out and there are a lot more rounds that require thinking that isn't like rushed memorization. It's amazing, but also so very difficult. Hmm. That sounds interesting to me. Switch as PS4. long as it's not the, the memory, uh, as long as it's not the memory fruit one, because I hate that round. Oh, I think I have to think, yeah, it's Raw Fury, uh, the publisher. And it's, um, yeah, it's Nintendo Switch, PS4, Xbox One, Microsoft Windows, and classic Mac OS. That's a Tomacrops. We've moved on now, Ben. Oh. We're talking about Fall Guys. Oh, Fall Guys. I've heard about that. Anyway. I hate it. Uh, and then lastly, Sret's been playing Bear and, Bre Bear and Breakfast. I downloaded it, and the first night ended up playing until 4am, but it was so cute and cosy. I love a design sim that has time management and item collection. I love Gus the Possum. What a little stinker. I'm still yet to play that game. 
but I've seen so many people loving it. Yeah, I somebody was telling me, sorry for forgetting who it was, but somebody was telling me in the chat, uh, what it, I think it might have been Panda, maybe, was telling me about uh, what it was about and the story and the like, yeah, the gameplay behind it. And it, I was like, you know what, that actually sounds quite fun. There we go. Hmm. You should give it a go. Maybe. All right. What's been swapping headlines this week? Um, well, it's been a week of leaks, oh. um, which started off with GTA 6 <laughs> yeah, um, oh uh, over the weekend last week, um, where just a hacker basically hacked into the server um, and got a load of information, a load of videos uh, that they then leaked online of GTA 6, which is very early in development. Um, and it was some example bits of stuff that they're obviously testing out. And they are testing it out because it's in development. They haven't revealed anything about this game yet. Mm. Um, and uh, people just jump to conclusions and say, oh, this looks terrible and all this sort of stuff. And uh, yeah, it's um, people suddenly become armchair developers and think they know how things work. Um, the meme that went round was um, some guy saying that graphics are the first thing that are completed in a video game <sighs> and the graphics in this don't look good enough and therefore the graphics are going to be terrible when that is not the case at all. Um, and the one good thing about this leak is that um, loads of developers have jumped on this now and said, well, actually, here's an early look at our game. Here's an early look at our game. Um, and it's shown a little inside look as to like the development of how these things happen, uh, which is nice in solidarity with the Rockstar. Um, the FBI are now searching for this person uh, and investigating the, the actual hack. Um, yeah, somebody so, yeah. was saying, and I, I liked and I agreed with this, um, was like, why do we it might have even been you on the podcast who knows um but why do we look so. at why do we look at like leaks and try and find everything we know about a video game but we don't when it's a movie like it's a movie people just sit back and wait for the trailer and that comes out and then the movie comes out and everyone goes and sees it here with video games you want to know absolutely every single detail about it i th i think there's something about the top well i think firstly it's a minority because i think most people are quite content to just sit and play a game when it comes out but there is a, a minority of really toxic people that are very entitled that are very possessive about games that feel like um you know they 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 have a specific vision of what they want for this game because they've spent so many hours playing it they're so invested in it that they feel like it's part of them and they don't appreciate that it is a developer's vision, an artistic vision. Um, and um, yeah, I think there's still a lot. I think a lot of that does still happen in films. I don't think this is, this is specific to games. But I think because people play games for a lot longer than they watch a film, I think they just get more invested in it. And therefore, they, they feel entitled to know more about it. Um, and they just get really toxic about it. And it's really, really unnecessary. Okay, yeah, maybe that. I don't really care about films, so I'm guessing that's why. Um, well, yeah. Most of the plot's been extrapolated from the majority. Yeah, but like they always look for leaks and stuff, and leaks and like leaks about the story and leaks about these things. I mean, okay, maybe that is in the movie industry, but I just don't see it as much as video games. But maybe because that same, I'm more into video games than movies. Quite possible. Also, as well, I saw some. Speaking of entitled assholes, um, there were some people saying that this. Um, 
they were saying like, oh, this serves Rockstar right for like ignoring their fans when it comes to Red Dead, uh, Red Dead Online. It goes, oh, it serves them right for uh, milking GTA Five and for uh, ignoring us with Red Dead Online. And I was like, oh my god, like the amount of self entitled, like the the the, the weird kind of just sociopathic tendencies you must have and like the complete detachment from reality that you think this video game publisher deserves bad things because they've ignored you because you want certain things in an online video game go play something else you fucking idiot go touch grass oh yeah like if people are like oh uh, i can't believe how they've treated us i'm like you paid 60 quid for a video game you might have even got an offer and you've played you know 100 hours on the single player and you've probably played about the same, if not more, in the online one. But you want some more. <sighs> yeah. Assholes. <laughs> and as Helio says, like you remember all the stuff with Spider-Man and the the leaks from sets of who's involved. And that's true, actually. Like, yeah. A lot of that stuff does happen. Mm. Um, but speaking of leaks, there was also um, a YouTuber who was an insider who was finally come out. Um, basically, he leaked a load of stuff um, about Assassin's Creed for the recent Ubisoft showcase. Uh, and he also uh, leaked a load of stuff about a Metal Gear Solid remake and Silent Hill remake and all this kind of stuff. Um, but he got found out. Um, so basically, he's a YouTuber that was on press list and went to press events. And then he had an alt account that he was using uh, to leak this information. And he ended up replying to someone on the wrong one and people linked the two and realized, oh. ah, it's you. So he deleted it all. Yikes. And then he released this video basically apologizing, um, saying that he wasn't going to do this anymore. But the reason he did it was for the clout and the buzz of of releasing this information. And it's like, you're just being an arsehole and like just ruining stuff for journalists. Like the rest of us stick to embargoes because they're there for a reason so that, you know, we don't mess up our relationships with PRs um, and so that they get their message out as they want to. And it's just that sort of literally signed agreement that you're not going to do that. And to turn around and then leak it means that then all those journalists and all their hard work that they've done is now out of date and you, they've got to change it because you decided to leak it. And it's just, again, it's that selfish entitlement of I want attention on me, so I'm going to leak things early. It's just But Didn't you say ridiculous. that the Silent Hill thing was completely made up? Yeah, that and Metal Gear, he completely made it up just for the lols. And what's really annoying is that he thinks he's now going to come back um, as a YouTuber um, and focus on being a positive force. It's like, I feel like you've burned bridges now, mate. I think you should just stay off the internet. Touch grass. Yeah, go and yeah. touch grass. Go and, yeah, get a job in the real world and then walk yeah. off. So... Leaking stuff was the big news of the week, but there has been a lot of Twitch news this week, which oh, yes. we should discuss, as here we are on Twitch. Um, the first is this whole thing about gambling, which is sort of good, but not good, and also very hypocritical. Um, essentially, the, the sort of short-ish version of this... Um, Gambling has been on Twitch for a long time. There are a lot of very big streamers that spend a lot of time gambling live on stream and influencing their followers, and it's really abhorrent. Um, there's one guy called... It's it's Slyker. I think it's Slyker, it's not Slyker. Like, uh, yeah. 
Um, and essentially, he came out as um, ad admitting that he was addicted to gambling. And he had scammed a load of his viewers and fellow streamers out of around $200,000 uh, of money to fund his gambling addiction. Um, and basically videos of him leaked on Reddit. So he admitted it all. And a load of streamers banded together to say, right, we're going to pay back um, all the people that lost money. One of whom is XQC, um, who himself earlier this year revealed that he lost $1.85 million in one month to online casinos um, and literally said, it's fun, I can afford doing it. So he does this on stream and can afford to do it, but now he's trying to be the good person of, oh, I'm going to pay other people back. Um, I mean, that guy's that's the least of the issues that he has. Yeah. You've then got Pokemon, Ms. Kiff, Devin Nash, um, and also Destiny, I think, who were discussing plans to say, right, we're going to hold a strike until Twitch say that they're going to ban gambling streams. Um, Ms. Kiff, SK, uh, FK, FYI, uh, has now been been done for basically covering up sexual assault from another streamer. So that's a really nice thing. Um, oh, by the way, so uh, they basically... you said, do you say Destiny, Destiny is banned on Twitch? for um hateful conduct like he is one of the worst streamers like his community yeah. is vile like yeah. absolutely vile and so they all banded together and said right we're gonna go on strike unless twitch do this um and it's like that's great but really this is where you draw the line what happened to this energy last year when they're when you know i mean hate raids are still ongoing but when all these hate raids were happening last summer and the day off Twitch that Wreck-It Raven and other people were putting together um, and these streamers were like, now nah, we're not going to do that. Mm. doesn't matter to us. And now that it's gambling and it's this huge thing that they're all involved in and they're chums, they're all banding together to like get Twitch to make a difference. Because their friend, you know, is her, yeah. has gone through a bad time. And, and it's they're... like they realize that, that they can make a difference because they are influential people with Twitch. And yet they're choosing this as their thing that they that they want to make a stand against. Um, and don't get me wrong, like gambling should not be on Twitch and they should make a stand. But also racism should not be on Twitch. Homophobia should not be on Twitch. People having sex on stream should not be on Twitch. And yet people get banned for a week and then come back and no one says anything anymore. Like there are other issues that people should have this energy for and don't. And it's fucking irritating. So and, what Twitch have now done... Yeah. <clears throat> is they released an update on gambling and this is going to take full effect from the 18th of October, but they released a statement. However, the statement is um, we'll be making a policy update on October 18th to prohibit streaming of gambling sites that include slots, roulettes, or dice games that aren't licensed either in the U S or other jurisdictions that provide sufficient consumer protection. So what they're not doing is prohibiting gambling. No. They're only prohibiting it. If it's not from a licensed site, which means you can still gamble. So you can still go on these sites and gamble away your money and and influence young people or younger people that should not be gambling. Yeah. So it's a real half step. And they'll still get people who they'll still get gambling websites sponsoring streamers to go and do their uh, to go and gamble. You know, they'll give them free what thousand dollars and get them to stream it. And people are addicted to watching it because they want to see whether somebody does well. And then they're like, oh, I should give that a go. And that should not be on Twitch. No. But then I saw a Pokemon tweet like, yes, we did it. You know, it looks like, you know, it does work. Some people say the action doesn't work and it does. And it's like, cool. Be aware. Like, so where was this when people were getting hate raided and follow botted and all this stuff? And then, but I, I have seen a reaction from some people saying like, 
well, what were they meant to do? Because Twitch can't stop all of this. And I understand, yes, Twitch can't stop everything. But even somebody like XQC or another massive streamer just, just posting saying, you know, this is not on, which they didn't do. They didn't even say anything, the majority Make of them. Stand. Yes. So I don't understand why they're like, oh, yeah, look at this. So, uh, you know, getting gambling, uh, getting gambling off Twitch, that is great. And by the way, hello, Raiders. Welcome, welcome. Um, again, gambling off Twitch, it has worked, you know, this, uh, the pressure by these big streamers, but yeah. So why aren't they using their voices for other things? You don't, yes. Yeah, so they were saying like that you don't need to have an end goal of a specific end goal, this specific end goal, you know, where gambling is banned on Twitch, even if there's no specific, um, end goal of, you know, against these hate raids, obviously the dream is to get them all stopped, but just the one thing that they can do is to just say, you know, this kind of stuff is not on protect these people, look after these people, they won't do it because they realize that a lot of their communities are the ones doing it or support it. Exactly. <sighs> so then another story came out about Twitch, um, which uh, Twitch themselves released in a, uh, a long blog post um, written by, and I've forgotten his name now. Could I just say, was this one before the third thing that's coming out? Yes, which we'll get to. Mm. So, uh, there's a new blog post by Twitch president Dan Clancy, uh, which basically is all about the revenue split. Um, in the process of this blog post going out, um, you may remember there was a post on user voice uh, that was begun by Salty Wyvern back in 2020, which was um, all about requesting Twitch to change the revenue split. Because at the moment, it's 50-50, and... A lot of people think and hope that it should be 70-30, which is in line with YouTube and other competitors. Oh, it's, it's and, even 70-30 is not. I mean, I don't know what Twitch, I don't know if YouTube is 70-30, but there's so many others. That YouTube are, is, yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Well, okay. We'll keep going. So this user voice post became the most voted issue on user voice. Um, it's a really hot topic. It's the one thing that loads of people are really pushing for. Um, and... Twitch have now responded to that and basically said, sorry, we're not doing it and have closed it. And along with that, this this post by Dan Clancy came out, um, oh, basically it... addressing the revenue split. Okay. Yeah, sorry, keep going. I, I thought you were going on to the other thing that was... No, 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 hidden. not yet. Don't worry. I don't, don't know worry. if it was we'll Dan Clancy. There. Okay. We'll get there. Um, and so essentially it's a long blog post that explains how the revenue split is changing slightly for the top streamers um where i mean you probably understand this more than i do the top of the top. um the top of the top it's only once you've earned 100k that the split yeah. becomes 50 50 instead of 70 30 right well so there are quite a lot of um of partnered streamers who get thousands and thousands of viewers and have been on the platform for ages. And back in the day when you were a partner, you actually needed, one of the requirements was, I don't know how strict they were and if they just let certain people, but you needed an average of 500 viewers um, to get partnered. Um, or something like 10,000 followers, which now seems a bit unusual because that's what a lot of people, well, it's not completely unachievable uh, for someone of like a modest uh, community. So those requirements, yeah, you were big when it was starting. You were really, really big. And these people uh, who got partnered managed to get, the, they had their own like partner manager and they negotiated a split. A lot of them had a 70-30 split. Um, so these big ones, and they kept this. And this was, 
as Twitch then grew and got more partners, myself included, they made it so that, no, you can't negotiate that. Or only if you've got a huge, huge following can you really negotiate um, the split. Tier 1 subs are going to be 50-50. For me, yeah, for me, Tier 1 is 50-50. Tier 2 goes to 60-40. And 70-30 is only for the Tier 3 subs. So if you want to support a streamer, real, if you, yeah, like a, a Tier 3 sub gets most for the streamer. Um, but there are some streamers that have had this contract for ages where all of their subs are at least 70-30. Um, and now Twitch is saying, oh yeah, no, we're not going to give everybody 70-30, but what we're going to do is these guys that have been here for the entire time and, you know, and have, you know, supported Twitch for, you know, from the very beginning and, you know, we supported them and they've got this specific lifestyle that they're accustomed to. If they're, whatever they now, we're going to keep them, they're going to keep their 70-30 split, but anything that they get over $100,000 per year, which is a very good salary here, um, and there as well, anything over a hundred thousand, we're going to just drop that down to 50, 50. So they'll still earn a lot, but it's not going to be as big a split. Um, and then I don't know, I just was like, no, no, that's not, we we didn't want that. We want everybody to be on 70, 30. We're not upset that these big streamers have got 70, 30 because good for them. Great for them. But the we all want that. Even, the blog post even says that this won't make a difference to those people because of the new ad incentives, um, that they'll probably just make that money up anyway with ads. Oh God, yes. Um, Did you see Co Carnage's and- thing? He was like, "Oh, if you stream this amount of ads for," he posted this on uh, Twitter. He was like, "If you stream this amount of ads for the month, you'll get eleven thousand dollars a month." Wow. <laughs> um, and what what sort of frustrated me about Clancy's blog post is the sort of slight hypocrisy of it all, where it's like. You know, we don't believe it's right for those on standard contracts to have varied revenue shares based on the size of the streamer. Um, you know, um, they're saying when we first established the 50-50 revenue share split, it was to signal that we're in this together. Um, you know, we're, we're saying that we... We're all getting we really, shafted. Um, we can't run the service unless you make money. That's not a drawback. It's by design. This innate partnership is why we support all streamers' careers and ambitions like they're our own. But then he says... In an ideal world, all streamers would be on the same set of terms regardless of size. However, instituting that policy would have a negative impact on the streamers currently on these terms, many of whom were instrumental in helping us build the Twitch we know today. These streamers have come to depend on the additional revenue split to maintain their standard of living. Like, I'm sorry, these top streamers are earning so much that we can't possibly let them earn less because they've become accustomed to it when all these other people are on a lot less and have a a very different standard of living and would really appreciate that extra money, but we can't possibly let that happen. Exactly. I'm not shitting on these people that, you know, they're going to get taken, you know, I mean, yeah, that are not going to be affected by the 70-30. Like those ones that are on the 70-30, great, fantastic, but put everybody else on there. And also... They claimed it, oh, it's because of, the, you know, the servers. And if anybody's, if somebody's streaming 200 hours a month, which no, they shouldn't, because that's 10 hours a day, five days a week. If they're doing 200 and they've got a thousand viewers, then it costs us this amount of money. I'm like, well, you're going to make that amount of money easily. But also the money that it's charging you, that's from AWS, which is Amazon, which owns Twitch. So of course, it's not going to cost that much money because there'll be, you know, mates rates, not even mates rates, family rates. Um, but also, well, thi- why, how, how on earth can YouTube get a 70-30 split where Twitch can't? It's, it's the same thing. I mean, in fact, Goop, 
Google's bigger than Amazon, maybe. True, right. but like YouTube allows you to um, stream at 10,000 kilobytes per second, whereas Twitch is 6,000. So there's actually more data being processed by YouTube, but for some reason mm. they're fine. I don't know. It just it doesn't add up. And the main reason seems to be uh, for the 50-50 split is basically saying that it costs a lot of money for them to run Twitch as a platform. But, like, does it? <laughs> does it, though? Mm. Like, and, uh, I had a point and I've forgotten it now. But it's just, you know, it's awful. Like, it, if, if, if it costs that much for a streaming service, then what else? It's almost like, we're paying all this for you to have a service, so therefore we deserve to take your money. It's like, but what else are you providing or not providing in this service? How about not having gambling streams? How about having better protection to stop hate raids? That's the service people want and deserve. And if you're saying that you're taking 50% of money for that, then you should be giving a better service and protecting people. I saw somebody said if YouTube just had a button at the top was like live streams and had allowed you to stream to game categories, they'd win. Why don't they do that? It's so difficult trying to find live streams on uh, on YouTube. Mm. Um, yeah, it's one day there is going to be, yeah, YouTube will get its act together when it comes to live streaming and Twitch will have to change or they're going to get taken over or overtaken. Yeah. However, there was a third story about Twitch this week. Oh, really? Because I didn't and, hear it anywhere because of all this stuff that was going on about well, gambling. The timing of this revenue split post is is interesting because it was at about five, six in the morning in the US. Um, and that was to come out in the news to make this a newsworthy thing. However, Bloomberg did their own report on Twitch, which is all about child abuse on Twitch. And this came out and is an awful story. Um, essentially, it's the the fact that there are loads of underage people on Twitch that should not be on there, but it's, according to Twitch, well, and generally on the internet, these things are difficult to police. Um, and there are a lot of adults, I say a lot, there are adults who go on Twitch and watch children streaming, asking them to do dances and things like that, recording it, replaying it elsewhere, Um it's awful um, and should not be on Twitch. And Bloomberg have done an investigation into that, um, which um, it wasn't Jason Schreier, um, but uh, but yeah, Bloomberg have gone and, and done that. Um, it's, um, I will say, it's definitely worth reading, um, but also the way that it's done um, on Bloomberg, they've, got, they've sort of animated it um, as you read it. And it makes for really dark, grim reading. Um, it's a it's a really well done report. Um, but as we said, this this other report of from this blog post was put up just before that, clearly to take over the news. So Twitch knew because they were interviewed and gave comment on this child abuse thing, um, and released this revenue split thing to get the community talking, so that they wouldn't be talking about child abuse. So this, actually, that's the story yeah. that people should really be talking about. And Twitch are clearly trying to manipulate the news to cover that up slightly. Because the, the revenue split thing like literally affects almost nobody. No. Can I just say as well, I did a tweet today and I don't usually subtweet, but I had to. Because I don't know if it was because Twitch recommends, oh, sorry, Twitter recommends 
things post like popular posts about uh twitch but there were two people complaining um about this revenue change and they were like oh, this is going to cost me you know so much money uh, i'm going to quit streaming i'm going to go to youtube or i'm going to open up all these other things of way and i was like learn who you're speaking to because you're exp you're saying that you're earning like two hundred thousand dollars this person was like i'm going to lose quite a bit of money and it's like so you're earning two hundred thousand dollars a year and you you're, you're going to lose about you're going to have twenty thousand less but you're going to also make that up on this new ad revenue program pretty much and you're there complaining and there are people you're complaining to your community who are the vast majority probably people that you know throw a prime sub or a five dollar sub and they you know they work hard for it and then they pay you and these people are on two hundred thousand, maybe way more complaining about having this kind of this 50 50 split above uh the 100k that they earn and it just seems so tone deaf what they were coming out with and i was like yeah okay i understand in my head i'd be a bit like oh this is annoying because i'm going to earn a lot less from these subs i'll make more on the ad revenue sure because i've got a thousand people watching at any one time but like, it just it just seemed really tone deaf and i'm like yes okay in an ideal world we'll all be on 70 30 and it won't matter but to go and like moan on twitter that instead of earning because i worked out if you earn a hundred and i think it was like a hundred and uh yeah if you weren't a hundred and seventy thousand then twitch would make it a hundred and fifty thousand a year why i don't know can you imagine anybody else from when any you're willing other... that much 20k is nothing yeah can you imagine anybody else on twit on uh like on twitter going like oh my god my 150 pound a year salary has been dropped to 150,000 and like would expect sympathy in yeah. this climate sorry thing is what you have here is a massive corporation pandering to the people that earn the most from them um the people at the top earning the most are sort of just out of touch with everybody else uh and and there's everyone else at the bottom earning a minimum amount scrimping and not getting payouts for six months not you know? getting payouts and not doing very well and essentially that is british politics in microcosm yeah when it says yeah i'd, be, I'd still be annoyed to lose 20k because it's a lot of money exactly but watch who you're saying exactly yeah no i'm not saying that they haven't got every right to be aggrieved by this but you're telling it to people that I imagine 99.9% .9 of people are not earning the money that you are. So, God. It's like a, yeah, a bank would be like, oh, I've had to, uh, you know, cut down on the drive. I've only got three drivers now. Like, okay. Oh, well, I'm very sorry. Uh, yeah. Yeah. I mean, if I was earning 170,000 and they dropped it to 150,000, I'd like to think that I'd be still very, very happy. And let's dream a little bit more. Because, you know, sure. But, <sighs> people, eh? The worst. Awful. Rich people and rich companies. Especially awful. <laughs> um, anyway, let's end on a bright note mm. um, <clears throat> with a final bit of news, which is, you might have seen this going around viral on socials. <clears throat> it's a new game called Trombone Champ. Oh. And it is a rhythm game, a bit like Guitar Hero, so that sort of rhythmy action game. Um, but you play a trombone. And if you are if you play the trombone or are aware of it, you'll know that it is it's an instrument 
where there aren't fixed notes. So you have to move the back and forth and you have to find out where where the, the note is to get it in tune. And basically this game mimics that by moving your mouse up and down and you have to click along with the notes. Um, and it's hilarious because Please. it's it's re- it's lots of really bad songs being like <laughs> on a trombone and it's i i'm really tempted to stream it next week i'm not gonna lie <laughs> i was just thinking next i haven't seen anything about it but please tell me that there's gonna be a switch version where you can use the joy cons um so How good it's, that out be? On, it's out on pc i think it's about 11 quid um so it's out on pc at the moment but i think it's a really small team predominantly like one developer okay um so I think they've kind of thrown this out there and PC Gamer jumped on it and saw it and released a video that went um uh that went viral and now suddenly everyone is doing their own like jokey videos of it. I don't think the team expected it to go viral. So I think it's going to be a case of oh shit we need to suddenly like add to this and update it and whatever. So um I I wouldn't expect any ports or anything like that anytime soon. Um but it's it's basically this sort of viral game that looks hilarious. It's not even their full-time job and it's one dev apparently. <clears throat> yeah. So yeah, go and give it uh, give it a try and stream it, Ed. We, I want to see you, although it's a pity it's not like in VR or anything, you know. Just go in there going... I don't think we need that. Um, the thing is, it's... The, the trouble with music games is obviously DMCA, but it's lots of classical tunes, which is probably for that reason to get around the licensing. So... Yeah, lots of old classic, you know, the the Sugar Plum Dance of the Sugar Plum Fairy. Sing it. Um and stuff like that. This is the advert, isn't it? Yeah. It's using a lot of adverts. Um but there's lots of like classical songs, but you're going with a trombone. Um, which is all very silly. Oh I need to uh yeah, I definitely need to uh check that out. We need a we need a VR rock band. Just thinking about that when we said VR. Can you imagine a rock band in VR? Um Yeah, that'd be pretty cool. If it was actually you on stage. Yeah. Seeing all the crowd. Ah. Anyway. Apparently one of the reactions, how you hit the note is nasty. <laughs> yeah, it's like nasty, good, perfect. Nasty. That is um, nasty. <laughs> And it's it's really hard to get it in tune. So mm. just every time you do it, you know that that meme of um of uh, my heart will go on from Titanic, playing mm. it with the whistle and everything's that tune. Imagine that, but as a video game on a trombone, and that's what you've got here. Okay, I want to play it now. <laughs> Let's check it out. All right. Well, do you have anything planned for the next week with your streams before the next podcast? Um, because ooh. not in terms of streams, but we are we are off to EGX. Well, I'm going tomorrow, and then we're going on Saturday. So yes. next week we can uh, we can talk about EGX and how long the queue for Sonic Frontiers was. Yeah, that'd be good if we actually get to the frontier of the queue. Yeah, get it. Um, also, ye- I'm going to be streaming Sunday, Monday, and Tuesday. Uh, maybe Tuesday or maybe Wednesday. I'm not sure yet. Uh, but yeah, Sunday, Monday, and then either Tuesday or Wednesday with The Last of Us Part 1 I'm going to be playing. Um, and it's going to be a sponsored stream. So please come along. It'll be great to uh, to see you there. And um, because I played The Last of Us Part 2. I've played it before, but ages ago. But I played The Last of Us Part 2 back in, uh, you know, during the pandemic 
days. Even the though dark times. We, yeah, during the lockdown days, we'll say, rather than pandemic days, because we're still in them. Um, so I'm looking forward to playing that. Um, but it, I will be sponsoring using a, a sponsored... I'm sponsored by a company that is selling the official Sony PlayStation uh, PS5 expansion drive, which... I'm so happy about because I've really wanted one for ages. When they contacted me, I was like, uh, yes, <laughs> yes, please. So, yeah, I will be able to tell you exactly how that is. Um, And it's not Seagate. No, it is. In fact, I've got it. I can show you. I'm going to show you it. Get your drive out. Get my driver. Here it is. This is it. This is the official one. It's the WD Black. There you go. I've got the one terabyte one. There is a two terabyte one as well. I got the one. So yeah, um, I'll let you know how that goes and how big my PS5 is afterwards. Don't show off. <laughs> um, and then actually I've got another sponsored stream uh, two days later, uh, which is for Beer Brewing Simulator. Which, uh, which you're going to be so good at. Well, I'm going to drink beer, which will make me better. And then that'll be it for sponsored streams for a while. They just happen to be all at the same time. But um, both gonna be fun i'm sure ah yeah ed's also um yeah planning on what to download on it i'm like oh, what, what shall i do with this ps5 with the expansion drive because you're just gonna fill it with whatever so i'm thinking i might fill it with games so that you can't or you'll be going in deleting all the things that you don't think are worth. i'll just unplug it and put it in my ps5 instead oh. I mean, when we're living together, I mean, there won't be a my PS5 or your PS5. They'll both be our PS5s. No. <laughs> I will be logged in on mine with my games. Thank you very much. <laughs> You're not good at sharing, are you, Ed? No. He's even... We're Obviously, I'll bring over all my uh, games, all my Switch and PS5 and all these games. But apparently, they're, they're, they have to uh, be put on a different uh, bookcase to yours, don't they? Or a different shelf. Oh, it's a different shelf. Yeah. So they're yours, and you know where they are. Can't merge them. No. Um, and Moni, it's my Xbox. We've established that. And I'm going to put mine in just a random order. I'm going to mix them all up. I'm going to put them in order of how good they are. I will rearrange them into alphabetical order for you. <laughs> oh, I'm going to re yeah, we'll have Death Stranding on the left. Best game. Uh, worst to best, right? How dare you? No, we'll have that on the and then the worst on the other side, which is uh, uh, I'd say one two switch. <laughs> there you go. Your power bill is going to be wild. Well, I'm downsizing to that one PC, so that'll be fun. Are there going to be two Calax? Well, how big is a Calax? We're not going to put big them on do you want it? How big do you want it to be? I think like a 4x4 four four is good for for Calax. Because you okay. want it to be behind where people can see a lot of things. And I've, I feel like a 2x4 tall is just a waste of a Calax. True. You want a 4x4? Four four. Yeah. Mm. And that will be shared. Yes. But arranged by me. <laughs> will we have a little pod each? But like okay four by four so maybe i'll give you one of those <laughs> to do for what you want and, and how many will I'll you have the rest and you'll the have the other how many okay. 
15. 15, very good. There we go. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I tell you, this is the LGBT gaming podcast. <laughs> you can tell. Well, no, in my head I was like, 4 plus 16, take one off. And then I was like, no, you made me question myself. Oh, good old excuse. Good old excuse. Anyway, if you enjoyed this two hour long podcast. Oh God, has it been two hours? It's been two hours. Because oh, for, wow. Sorry. An hour of that was talking about theatre. Which well, you, if you've, you got me ranting. I'm sorry. If you've just tuned in, please go and listen to it again on uh, on Spotify or Apple Podcasts or YouTube or whatever once I upload it later tonight. Because it was a thing of beauty hearing Ed talk about things that he hated um yeah so we'll be back next... isn't that just what this podcast is yeah me talking about things i hate what do we hate today <laughs> so your next week's podcast will pro- might possibly be the last one for a week or for like two weeks and we're doing that on wednesday aren't we we are doing it on wednesday sorry yes thank you for reminding me next wednesday we will be having the podcast um and then the because on thursday it's the brewing simulator stream Friday will be my final stream from here and I can't wait. Uh next Friday, that is not this Friday, not tomorrow. Um but yeah, so that'll be fun. Probably some Friday night wrestling or something. I don't know, maybe games. But yeah, Friday night wrestling will be tomorrow. All right, well, Ed, where can we find you if we want to find you? Um, if you really want to. Uh you can find me on Twitch and Twitter at Ed underscore nights. And you can find me at twitch.tv slash biggestbenners and just find biggest just go to biggestbenners.com and find all the links. Um and go to swappingjoysticks.com. If you go to swappingjoysticks.com, you get the links for everything like the YouTube, uh, the Spotify link, the Apple Podcasts links, the RSS feed link. And very soon we will be having a news section. Um Ooh. which will be written by me because i want to get some practice in for you know potential career change but uh yeah hopefully we'll write i'll be writing some stuff in there that's uh, interesting to people that listen to this and in the community all right nice go on then stay split or whatever you say do you do your thing do your thing keep keep swapping <laughs>